I thought I was a Christian, but I really didn't know the Lord. I lived a secret, sinful life until my eyes were completely opened to the reality of Jesus being real. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about the difficulty of following a religion versus having an intimate connection with a real God. There are currently over 2 billion Christians worldwide, but do all of them have a true intimate connection with Jesus Christ? Jesus warned us that not all people know Him truly, and many honor Him by mouth only. But how do you know the difference? Today, we'll have David Erson, who will describe how his life was being a pastor's son, yet at the same time, outwardly following a religion, but then as he got older, he discovered that Jesus is the true Savior for himself. There's only one true God, he says today. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. David, it's great having you today, man. I understand that you grew up as a pastor's son, which I don't know what that's like, but deep inside, it didn't have like a direct meaning for you at the time. Like it was kind of like your dad's thing. How did you view faith in Christ as a young man? Did you truly hear from God as a young man, you'd say? Not really. You know, I was forced to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, not because I wanted to, but because my dad was a pastor. Yeah. And so I knew it really just has a bunch of rules and regulations. Uh, and I was trying to follow those rules as best as I could, but there was not a real relationship. I didn't really enjoy reading the Bible. I didn't like Christian music. Mm. I just went to church and I was trying to be a good boy. I was trying to follow the rules. And that's all I really knew there was to be a Christian. You know, hearing from you and going kind of against your will like that, it probably was kind of a drag a little bit, do you think? Or did you still enjoy going to church a lot as a young child? You know, I had a lot of friends at church, and so I didn't mind going and being with my friends. I didn't love necessarily sitting and listening to my dad's sermon or the youth pastor's sermon. I enjoyed the friends. I enjoyed the people. But just the whole sermon part, sitting down and being still, I didn't always enjoy that. I mean, sometimes I did, but for the most part, not really. Okay, but I understand. When you were younger, you were introduced to something you originally saw as sinful, and you kind of got hooked, and you kept it secret, especially because of the pressure of being a pastor's son. Tell us about that. Yes, I remember I had a friend of mine sleep over, I believe it was in the 6th or 7th grade, and he introduced me to pornography. Uh-oh. And I tried my very best to keep that a secret, because I knew my parents wouldn't approve. I knew God wouldn't approve either. I just didn't know how to stop. Mm. And so I was heavily addicted for probably six or seven years. From the moment, you just was like, oh my gosh, I see it and I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah. Now, at the time, I know it's been like six, seven years of this, and you knew your parents weren't approved. Were you kind of scared of them finding out? You know, I was so sick of what I was doing because I knew God wasn't happy, although I wasn't fully surrendered to Him. I knew my parents wouldn't be happy. I got to the point, I actually prayed. I said, God, please let my parents find out so they can help me conquer this. (laughs) And I think it was the very next day, they called me into the living room and they called me out on it. They confronted me and they tried to get me some help. Mm. How old are you at this time? 
maybe 17 or 18. It actually happened twice. I think one time it happened when I was like 14 or 15, but that didn't help. And then it happened again when I was like 17 or 18. And that helped some, but it was kind of a relief though. And honestly, like the bag is out. Well, because you weren't like on your own, your parents probably responded to it pretty well, it sounds like. And, you know, you didn't have all that pressure. You're like, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to be this super great kid. I'm the pastor's son, but now the cat is out of the bag, <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Let me ask you a question. What are some of the damages here? How did pornography shape the way you viewed women at the time? You know, it makes you fantasize about women sexually. And of course, that's wrong. Yeah. Like when you look at women all the time, that's all you think about. You know, they're not objects. They're not just sexual creatures, right? Right. And really, when you're viewing pornography on a regular basis, you view them as sexual creatures and you view them as just objects. Yeah. Being free from that, I can now look at women in a healthy manner and look at them for being a woman of God or just a woman in general versus a sexual creature. David, let me ask you a question, okay? So, how did you know, looking back now, that though you were praying to God, doing all these things, how did you know you weren't truly like a Christian at the time or truly saved at the time? What would you say would be the key marker, the difference? Well, the very short version is I went to a conference in Memphis, Tennessee, and I got hooked up with a free place to stay with people who are my own age. I knew that they were a Christian, but I never knew who these people were ever. Yeah. I stayed with them for about four or five nights. And these people were truly on fire for Jesus. And me, I was a lukewarm believer. So when I met these people, it really revealed how lukewarm I was. And it's interesting because I was the most on fire believer in my youth group. And so I thought I was on fire because most of my other youth group was cold. They weren't even trying to live for the Lord. I appeared to be on fire. I deceived not only myself, but also everyone around me to appear as if I was on fire because I was surrounded by people who were cold. Mm. And the moment I met people who were on fire, it just revealed, wow, I have a decision to make. I can either follow the world with everything that I have, or I can follow Jesus with everything that I have. And I'm here to tell you today, I'm following Jesus with everything that I have. So there was a moment where you're hanging out with these group and you really did surrender your life to the Lord. Well, I remember being at the airport about to fly home. So the trip just happened. And I remember sitting at the airport and just examining my own heart. I remember calling my mom. I said, Mom, I don't think I'm a Christian. I don't think I'm saved. And my mom, David, I think you are. Just calm down. I'm like, Mom, like I met people who are truly on fire for Jesus. And I'm nothing at all like these individuals. It was either that moment or very soon after. I'm like, I have to follow Jesus with everything that I am. Wow. So how did surrendering to Christ change pornography addictions? How did it change the way you viewed life in general? Yeah, well, it was very quickly after that I got free from pornography. Wow. I honestly forget if it was like exactly like the moment after, but I did go to Bible college right after that. And I went through a lot of inner healing. I worked on my heart because a lot of times we neglect our heart and therefore sinful stuff happens unknowingly. Yeah. And that's what happened is a lot of emotional wounds that need to be healed. And after working through a lot of that stuff, I was free. I've not intentionally looked at pornography for 14 years, 15 years. That's awesome, man. As, you know, someone who surrendered their life to Christ, do you hear the voice of God today? And how? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one thing I do every morning is I wake up and I have coffee with Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I sit down 
And I'm intentional to sit and listen because I believe that Jesus is a risen God. He's an alive God. And if he's alive, he can talk. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that happens in my prayer time. Other times it happens in my dreams. I believe God can speak through dreams and he gives me a lot of different dreams, you know, where to go, where not to go. And so there's different ways he speaks to me and then I speak to him. But prayer, my prayer time is the main way that he speaks to me. And also, of course, the Bible. You know, the Bible is how he's spoken to everyone. You know, that's the unchanging word of God. But then there's directional words of God for like, you know, individual lives and purpose. No, you know, I think that's so good because I think clearly... It's not just something at church where it sounds like before God was just something for church, but now it's like your day-to-day living and you're making time for a real person and a real relationship with Jesus. Brother, that's so awesome. Thanks so much, David, for sharing with us today. It really paints a picture of the difference of being a lukewarm Christian versus an on-fire for Jesus type of person. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's a joy to be on. Thank you for having me. David Erson is an on-fire evangelist today, and you can learn more about his ministry at makingjesusknown.org. Now, don't go anywhere. I have some things to expand on right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist on Lay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how he can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this really poses the question, is there such thing as a person who believes that they're Christian, but in reality, they aren't at all? Almost like they're deceiving themselves? Well, the answer is yes. David is talking about an experience where he thought he knew God, but he never knew who God really was. How can this be? In ancient scripture, the Bible gives us huge insight into this phenomenon. It's written in Isaiah 29, 13. Therefore, the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. You see, this is a description by the prophet Isaiah describing the condition of the hearts of the religious Israelites, who everyone believed they were close to God, but in reality, that was all for show. They were never really close to the one true God. This verse describes a people who honor God with their lips, telling of great things in front of others. But in truth, their hearts, when no one was looking, was far from God. And this is a type of Christianity that David Erson was experiencing. A type of Christianity that was rules-based, not coming from deep personal revelation and connection with the one by mouth he called Lord. But he never really knew the Lord. The question arises, Are we following empty commands taught by men? Or do we know a holy God who teaches us those commandments from the heart? 
God is seeking those who truly worship Him. But you can't truly know God without truly knowing His heart. How can you come to know God's heart today? If you're a Christian, but deep inside you feel far away from God, I want to show you something. It's written in Romans 5, 10 through 11. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. According to the scripture, even if our hearts are far from God, we can be reconciled. That means we can be brought near. We can be brought close to Him. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person who says, gosh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really sure if I'm close to you, God. So, Father, for that person, I'm praying right now, Jesus, we want you to come into our lives. Forgive us of our sin of being apart from you. Forgive us for pretending. Forgive us for acting like we know you. But, Lord Jesus, give us something real now. Give us the true you. We welcome you, your spirit. We welcome salvation. And we profess that we need you. In Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.